Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. Talking about chicken a la king, mango and garbanzo, tabbouleh, potatoes and vegetables, with roasted garlic and basil, zucchini, ziti, granola, fruit bar. Look at all this beautiful food. Guys, welcome to Green Eggs and Dan, where I interview amazing people with amazing minds, but all I care about is what is in their fridge. My guest today, a multi-hyphenate. So many hyphens. He was an actor on Netflix's Love, writer for Comedy Bang Bang, host of the Sloppy Boys podcast, and has written for the best show ever made, Bajillion Dollar Properties. (laughs) Please welcome Mike Hanford. Yeah, baby. How's it going? That's right. The best show ever made. I I was in there for a couple weeks. Hey, man. You know, you're like a SEAL Team 6. You were in and out. (laughs) Yeah, precision joke writing. That was such a fun show. I remember we, the Birthday Boys, the show I was on, we, we all got to go one day and be on the show. And it was just like all friends, everyone was cool, and it must have been, I mean, you were there every day. It must have just been like, this is fucking great. Yeah, I always say it was the best show that no one's ever seen. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. I've worked on a few of those. Because <laughs> it was on CISO, and CISO was this, I mean, I think we can call a spade a spade. It was a dumb, dumb experiment. CISO didn't work so well. But uh, you'd think they would dump everything to like Quibi or something, and that would get dumped off to something else. You know, it's on something now. It's on, uh, is it Pluto? Oh, it's one of these things. There you go. And I think you can buy it on Amazon. It was a great show. But, you know, uh, this town this town is cruel. This town can be cruel. It's fickle. It can, it can turn on a dime. <laughs> on a dime. Uh, the temperature may read 97, but it's the coldest town. Although now it is actually snowing here, too. And I it's the saw coldest. that. I'm, I I'm in New York, so I don't... Uh, I'm not sure, but you, I saw Burbank snow. Burbank was snowing. So now there's no reason to be in LA (laughs) whatsoever. Okay, speaking of turning on a dime, I'm about to go in hard on this fridge. You guys can see Mike's fridge on my Instagram at standupdan. Um, Look, I actually think this is a pretty, pretty great fridge. Thank you. I'm assuming you're a single guy. Single guy. Yeah, this is a good single guy fridge. It's like a single guy (laughs) who tries to keep it together, tries to keep it Uh healthy, but also is surrounded by temptation. That is exactly right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you, you can tell more about someone from their fridge. I'm at the point now where I can just like I can look at it and I can tell if your grandparents are still alive. I <laughs> have become the fridge whisperer. But let's start on the top row. You got a big old tub of what looks like a mixed greens situation. Mm-hmm. 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 It's some greens up there. Very good single guy fare. We like to do to take a handful, put it in, put it in a bowl. Make us feel healthy. Yep. Usually it's I'll, I'll pop it open and be like, oh, this has gone very old because I haven't eaten any of it. So uh, dump the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, it's I true. I just give my cash to the grocery store and then not get anything. I think that's true. I think with the greens, it's almost like I'll get the bag of arugula. It's always arugula because I really feel healthy mm-hmm. when I buy a bag of, of arugula. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then it's almost like one of the, it's like one of those Tamagotchis. Remember those? Those things you have yep, to like keep yep. alive. You got to feed. Yeah, I never open it. And then I'm like, oh, um, maybe I'll open it <laughs> and the air will get through and that'll give it some. And then it just yeah. dies. Yeah, maybe the slime will dry up somehow. <laughs> yeah. You got your beautiful blueberries also full to the brim, unused. Not eaten, not touched yet. 
That was that was a recent run. Those two, yeah, <laughs> and and the squash next to it. But yes, oh, we'll get to the squash. Then we have a Wisconsin extra sharp processed <laughs> cheddar cheese that is literally there's like three strands left. You've been going yeah, in that's hard. That's my go to. That's my go to <laughs> meal. Um, that can be put on anything. The salads, the whatever. You're you not want, eating the, rice, the salads but... though. You're not making. But if I did, if I did, I would put the cheese on it. And then you've got the uh, the laughing cow in front of it. Mm-hmm. Popped open a little bit. It popped open. I don't know what to think of the laughing cow cheese. Is it like Ooh. where is it? Where is it on the scale of like like how? What's the relationship between the laughing cow uh, wedges and? Those, um, oh, I forget what they're called, but they have like the red wax, the circular cheese. I want to say bluebell, but that's not right. It's something like that, though. Baby bell. Those are definitely like you can take on the go. This is, if you open one up, it's all like creamy and you've got to spread it on a cracker or something. But the baby bells are good to go. Laughing Cow feels like Americans were like, no one's going to eat brie because they think it's too pretentious. Let's call it Laughing Cow. We'll have a ton of different flavors. This is like garlic and chive or something like that. Just like, (laughs) yeah, sour cream and onion. <laughs> yep. Things people know, things people want to eat. It comes in a unique little box. That's fun for people. Open it up, it looks like pizza. People know that. But yeah, next to it, you have this huge phallic yellow squash. Now that one, I'll tell you this, that one I will eat. That's like, I chop, because I cook a lot at home. I like to, to cook stuff. That one I'll chop up and like saute and stuff with onions. And, you know, have with a side of, you know, I'll have a chicken, I'll have a starch, and then that on the side. Squash and zucchini is like, I, I think, a perfect vegetable because... Unsung. So easy to prepare. Also, the pastification of the zucchini. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. whoever thought of that. It's probably the same person who came up with Laughing Cow. They're like, we got we to gotta move more zooks. <laughs> yeah. Well, how can we make this seem like a better uh, Yeah, pasta? and it works really well. Big fan of the Zooks. I don't know what it's doing in the top row though. Do you, why don't you put it in your in your crisper on the bottom? It looks The like- crisper, well, let me let me explain this. This whole fridge is a, a mess. I mean, it's a mess just uh, aesthetically, but it's like when I moved in, I moved in this apartment about a year and a half ago. And they told me like, "Yeah, we're going to everything's as is, but like we're going to switch out the fridge for sure." I was like, "Great." And it's like started to drip on the bottoms. And I, you know, text the landlord and it's like, hey, can we do something about this fridge? And just like no responses uh, every once in a while. Hey, uh, just checking in on that fridge situation. Nothing. But anyway, the crisper is Yeah, I think that's like crazy. a condenser issue yeah. when you got the water. I, By the way, I have no idea what a condenser is. No, no idea. I'm, I'll, I'll jack the thing up and slide under it like a, a mechanic and look at it and be like, yeah, this is a condenser. I just don't know how to fix it. Take it off the jack. Classic condenser. Second row, we got your Frank's Red Hot. Is that your go-to hot sauce? That is. Wow. Interesting, because I normally associate it with buffalo wings. That's like the I'm, buffalo I'm wing Western hot sauce. New York, uh, from Western New York, so that's... Oh, you mm-hmm. are? So that's okay. everything I eat is just covered in that. Very cool. Actually, Western New York has a very interesting food culture. Where are you from exactly? I'm Rochester, home of the garbage plate. You're from Rochester. Okay, got it. So do you guys have beef on weck there? That, I believe, is more of a buffalo thing. It's more yeah. of a buffalo buffalo thing. What do you guys have in Rochester? Is any specific? Rochester has something called a garbage plate. On a, is it just on a plate? Mac salad on a plate next to like home fries. On top of that is like two cheeseburgers or a cheeseburger and a hot dog or two hot dogs. And then on top of all that is like chopped onions and this like kind of meaty sort of hot sauce that goes all over it. And then ketchup and mustard wow. on top. And you just kind of cut it up and eat it. It's slop it up. It's it's a mess. You eat one and then you're like, okay, I'm done for doing anything for the week. Yeah, I think the average mortality age in Rochester is like 23 <laughs> most people <Right>. die. <laughs> yeah, you get one of those at the hospital and then <laughs> they send you off. And then uh, you, so you do sign. They have the uh, death certificate figured out. 
And you're like, okay, I'll be back in a little bit to sign this thing. I love like Rust Belt cuisine. Mm-hmm. That like Buffalo, Pittsburgh. Yep. What is it? Cincinnati has that skyline chili that they put on spaghetti. Have you had that? Oh, yeah, I have. I need to try it again because I tried mm-hmm. it. In my 20s, and I hated mm. it. But it, yeah, it's kind of like a soupy chili is what they call it. And then they put it on top of pasta. Yeah. <laughs> it literally feels like it's in the the lunch pail mm. of like a guy working on the line. <laughs> right, right, you right. You know, whatever the, whatever the union line is. <laughs> I also love beef on wex, beef on Kimmel wex, which is basically a roast beef sandwich that has caraway seeds yeah, on the bun. Yep, yep. That's like a very Buffalo mm-hmm. thing. And I go to Buffalo once a year. Uh, just random, one of my buddies lives in Olean. Have you heard of that town? I can't, I can't place it, but I know I've heard Olean. It's like an hour and 15 south of Buffalo. And gotcha. we go there and get these beef on wex and buffalo wings that's the whole thing i mean the the buffalo wing microculture in buffalo is like i mean it's yeah it's like they take it as seriously as like wine people take like regions they're like there's oh this one is yeah. this this buffalo yeah. wing is very terroir driven <laughs> it is, does feel like the tacos and burritos in la or like cheesesteaks in philly it's like everyone's got such a specific thing i love it are now are you are you like a foodie are you into this stuff do you know about it i don't if we go out like the sloppy boys if we're touring or something it's like tim will round up all the good spots we're like cool this is great <laughs> no idea what i'm eating when i was touring like stand-up wise i basically used that as my way to, to try fun different foods around the country ah yes it's the best way i mean mm-hmm. that's where i had my skyline chili and the beef on wick and all that crap there you go not crap we uh <laughs> we love our rust belt cuisines Stuff. here okay so now let's get to the elephant in the room Uh elephant in the fridge Uh which is you my friend like the sauce i got one two three four five (laughs) bottles of liquor in my freezer okay (laughs) yeah you do now that would be alarming (laughs) if 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 i didn't host a cocktail podcast you gotta believe me i don't drink that much (laughs) okay so the cocktail podcast we're gonna get to that in in a second okay okay. but what do we have here we've got gin we let's see we've got bacardi svetka beef eater maybe a jose cuervo in there and some other type of gin i forget what kind that is is there any alcohol that doesn't that is not supposed to like you shouldn't put like bourbon or scotch in the freezer probably not just because those are so specific taste like a, a scotch is such a specific taste but I think probably a low uh, ABV will maybe ex- like actually freeze and expand. I've gotten in trouble like putting wine in just to cool it, and then it's like I'm fucked. Or I got champagne a nice. Or I got a bottle of like Dom Perignon once as a gift, and I put it in the freezer to chill it. Forgot about it, and it popped. I was like, well, <laughs> that's why I don't have expensive things. Oh no. Yep. I mean, I'm not a huge champagne guy, so. No huge loss, but it was more just like, well, that was a big, expensive bottle of champagne, huh? And then you've got this, the Talenti Gelato. Mm-hmm. That's got a few, that's got a few digs in it. I feel like I see this in all the supermarkets now. I don't know what the Talenti people did, but like lately it's everywhere. It's, it's either this, like I always have one in my freezer, it'll, it'll be this or a Ben and Jerry's. There, and you got your Jenny's here. You got your bougie ass yeah. ice cream on the right side. Have you, was this also given to you after the Emmys? <laughs> <laughs> not not after the Emmys, but Jenny's did send us the Sloppy Boys some some ice cream, and that is an ice cream called the Everything Bagel ice cream. Oh, get out of here! Weird. Does it have the garlic too? I, I took a few bites, and I was like, "This is insane." I, I I don't know why it's not in the garbage, but it's uh, a very and I like Jenny's ice cream, but this was a taste I don't think needs to go in. It's a stunt for them and i I think it's like they sent it to us to be like do you like it do you not like it some people love it some people hate it it's very stunty because who's not going to post about that on instagram and then you got your maraschinos is that what Mm -hmm. these are maraschino cherries sure maraschino i always pronounce that wrong people say maraschino too i'm not sure which is the the right one you got a fancy ass ginger beer 
That was from one of our shows, too. A lot of this stuff is just show-related. <laughs> yeah. No, I love it. I, look, that's the only reason I have a show is for all the free shit I get. It's the best It's the best part of the show. Oh, oh no, I didn't. Uh, get, that wasn't free. I had to buy that to make one of our cocktails. Okay, got it, got it, got it. So, great fridge. Well, thank you. If I had to rate it, I would rate this fridge a solid 7.8. Thank you very much. Wow. Can I say, too, when I was taking the picture for this, you've got a sneaky little show here where I would never have thought my fridge is a, is a thing to make me anxious like what people see yeah. in my friend it is such a crazy look into i don't know like you were saying somebody's like psyche or just how they live <laughs> it's like oh geez it is it's a it's a it's a weird little like rorschach test mm-hmm. <laughs> you can tell right away who's single who's married like it's so easy to tell milk seems to be the great like if there's like seven jugs of milk you're like oh yeah you have a child yeah i don't know how much milk these fucking kids are drinking yeah i got into some uh an argument not an argument but a heated conversation with somebody recently i drink like a glass of milk with dinner like if i make dinner at home I'll. oh you're a dinner milk person people were like what the fuck how old are you i was like well what and they were like that's like what kids do and i was like i don't know it's just a glass of milk it's not a big deal like i haven't had a glass of milk in 15 years. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, I think it's a Midwestern thing, too. Yeah. It's like a very Midwestern thing to just have milk with everything because it's like they got all them dairy cows. They (laughs) got to get rid of them. (laughs) Got to get rid of all that milk. Oh, by the way, before we end with on your fridge, second row. Mm -hmm. What is this? There's like a gallon of like some sort of like ruby red. Yeah, it looks like Gatorade or it looks like Kool-Aid. Is it Kool-Aid? That, my friend, is we did it for the show recently for the uh, cocktail podcast. It's called a Borg. Now, Borg stands for Blackout Rage Gallon. So mm. let me explain what this is. It's it's the wildest thing. It's like what a lot of kids are doing at colleges these days. You take a gallon of water that you buy at the store, dump half of it out, add a full bottle of vodka, and then put in like a Crystal Light or one of those Mio like flavor, water flavor things, and then like liquid IV. So the idea is that these kids drink one of these all day long and just like don't get hung over because there's so much water in it. Uh-huh. Wow. It, it was, and we did it for the show and the show was two weeks ago, a week and a half ago, and I, I drank like the top of it. I, I should be dumping that out. <laughs> That's the Borg. Oh my God. That name is awful. It doesn't taste good. It's like all you do, I just kept adding Crystal Light until I couldn't taste anything. And then you drink it and you're like, this is... What's the point? And then hung over the next day as well. Yeah, I feel like everyone keeps looking for that silver bullet of like, what can I do and just get wasted and yeah. just like never, <laughs> you know, never get hung over. It's like cold fusion and that are the two mysteries <laughs> right. that, that we're still trying to solve. Like if you go on TikTok and look up Borg, there's a ton of people talking about it. And everyone's like, so this is like actually a very responsible way of drinking because you're getting the, it's like, what's, it's called a blackout rage gallon. <laughs> there's not, nothing really too responsible in that. Like, you have to drink, of course, so do it this way. What is your relationship to alcohol, to cocktails? How often are you are you imbibing? We, we do at least once a week because of uh, the podcast. But I, uh, I'm more of a beer guy. I like martinis a lot. That's my sort of cocktail. Mm. I probably drink three nights a week. And this is like 10 to 15 drinks. <laughs> kidding. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. It's funny. I, I mean, I just got shamed actually recently no. for the way that I ordered a, a martini. Because the way that I like to order my martini is bruised. Yeah, that's sh- shaking hard. Yeah, you shake the shit out of yeah. it so that you get these like ice chips in the martini. Yeah, I believe that's like an, a Japanese tradition. Oh, really? It's great, yeah. I got like so shamed. I was at a cocktail bar in Los Angeles uh-huh. at the Montage Hotel. And I think it was a... It was like a British, they're doing like a very British cocktail mm-hmm. bar situation. Mm-hmm. 
And the martini was actually delicious. And it was actually pre-mixed, which I think a lot of these oh. fancy pants places will do. Like they mix the gin and the vermouth already. And I think it tasted, it had some sort of like eucalyptus-y something to it, which was really delicious. Okay. But I told her, I was like, I'd love it bruised. She's like, we would never, ever <laughs> do that to our martini. I'm like, why? She's like, well, it's in the word. It bruises it. You don't want to bruise it. You want to preserve it. I'm like, okay, just fucking give me the martini however you want. Put it in a to-go cup. I'm getting out of here. I had a, I had a martini at the LaGuardia Airport like last time I flew. And I stupidly ordered a martini at the bar, but it's kind of the only thing I was feeling. And he brought it out in like a plastic cup. And I was like, yeah, this is going to suck. <laughs> this is going to be terrible. I went, uh, actually, I got into a car accident last oh, no. week. Yeah. And it wasn't like an accident accident. I was driving back from the Laugh Factory in Long Beach to LA. Yeah. And I'm on a highway going about 80 miles an hour. And my back tire fucking explodes. Whoa, that's the scariest. Yeah. It was really scary slowly like i i managed to there was no shoulder Mm -hmm. next so i had to like slowly maneuver out and there's traffic whizzing by i finally get out i'm in this town called bell gardens and i park my car on the side of the road i'm freaking out that like i didn't just die and right in front of me there is an applebee's so (laughs) get out of my car walk to the applebee's i'm shell-shocked that i didn't just die yeah and i walk in and i'm like is the bar still open it was 11 30 they're like yeah i go to the bar and i go right up to the guy i'm like hey man i need a negroni real quick <laughs> and he goes wait what's a negroni <laughs> and i was like do you have gin he's like yes i was like do you have campari he's like what is campari i was like god damn it i was like you, uh, just make me a martini he's like what kind of vodka i was like gin he's like you don't use gin in a martini oh, i was like god. just i'm done give me alcohol <laughs> This is my first day as a bartender ever hearing what a bartender does. What is going on? Not knowing what a martini is is like pretty, I mean, and a Negroni too. Like those are so popular right now. Man, the Negroni has had such a moment. I think of the Negroni how like a lot of people will think of like a band that has like gotten huge. Mm-hmm. Like I used to follow yeah, Pearl yeah, Jam yeah, yeah. before anyone. <laughs> That's how I feel about the Negroni, because I feel like I was getting on a Negroni train in early 2000, mm-hmm. and the Negroni was not a thing yet. I think I, I remember where I had my first one. It was at Babo, which is Mario Batali's restaurant okay. in the West Village. Mm-hmm. Stiff drink for us. <laughs> he, he had some rapey things he wanted to do with those drinks. Jesus. But uh, I had it there, and then it just kind of took off. It's funny, though, when it comes to cocktails... I always feel like when I go to a restaurant and I try to get the, their fancy versions of stuff, mm-hmm. I get disappointed because they're way too sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, God damn it, I should have just gotten. I know you got to stick, and you got to stick with places you think know what's going on. Like a steakhouse knows what is going on with a martini. They'll know what a Negroni is, like how it's properly supposed to be made. I will say my favorite version of a martini that I've ever had is in New York City Mm -hmm. at uh, Employees Only. Have you ever been? I have heard of it. It's on a list of places to go, but yeah, I've never been. So they have a martini there called the Provençal. It is a lavender-infused martini. Mm -hmm. Sure. Which, you know, sounds very soapy, but is actually extremely delicious. It works. We did a drink on the show called uh, a Trinidad Sour. And it's mostly Angostura bitters. And you hear about it, it's like, ooh, that's a lot of, that's a weird drink. But I'm blanking on what the other stuff is. But a Trinidad Sour, try it out. It's it's got like many different flavors happening. It's one of those things where you drink and you kind of, you're like, oh, now I see what, you know, you watch cooking shows and people are like, oh, I'm getting this note and a back flavor of this. I can't even make up the uh, the jargon. (laughs) Alcohol is so fun. (laughs) 
It's tough because it fuck it messes with people sometimes. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it does. Sometimes I feel like you know I've gotten so into wine lately, mm-hmm. and it's totally just a shill for being an alcoholic. Because you're like, <laughs> right. no, I'm studying. I'm studying terroirs, and I'm studying vineyards and different grapes. It's like, no, you are trying to <laughs> you, numb the pain. You like to be drunk. <laughs> sure. yeah. That to me is one of the side effects. It's more about the study. Do you when you're when you're doing wine? Are you like how do you how do you even approach that? Like, do you did you start with like, oh, I like reds. Let me get into reds. I feel like in the beginning I did. It was very much like red or white, mm-hmm. and then it's so overwhelming because there's so much fucking wine with any um, liquor. There's like, if you want to be a whiskey guy, it's like, well, where do I even start? Every single town has so many small batch places, and then the big one. It's nuts. I tell people like, if you want to get into it, find a wine that you really love. And then f- figure out what that grape is mm. and what that region is, and then just nerd out on that one. Area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like right now, I'm like a, on a real Oregon uh, mm. kick, kind of getting into that world. And there's all these different wines that I'd never heard of before, like Soder and Evening Lands, that are like fantastic American wines. Are those wineries are, like, or types of wines? Those are wineries. wineries they yeah. mostly make Pinot Noir and Chardonnay okay. in Oregon, and they're fucking great. I don't know. It's funny. I have so much like American pride when it comes to food and alcohol, and I've said this many times on the podcast, but I feel like. You know, when Americans, like, as a people, we put our mind to something, mm-hmm. we, like, we'll just take it to, like, the next level. Yeah. You know, like, like we'll, we'll get to the moon if we want to get to the moon. Oh, you want us to get to the fucking moon? We'll do that. <laughs> we'll do get that. to the fucking moon. But, like, for example, beer is a pr- good place to think of. Like, 20 years ago, there was, like, there was only, like, you know, the Budweiser, the Heineken. There weren't that many microbrews. And now... People in America got into beers, and it's like we have the best beers in the world, basically, are made here. You know when you, you go to, like, a, the beer cooler at any store, and it's got, like, you know, the obvious, the big brands and stuff, and then all the micro brews. There's so many that just, like, have the same look, like, oh, their characters on their beers are, like, forest animals in suits. A hundred percent. There's always, like, the Hoppinator, yep. and it's, like, yep. an atomic bomb made out of hops Some want to be funny and, like, cartoony, and some want to be, like, very wispy and, like, you drink this on a beach in the dunes in Narragansett. Some want to be, like, super fancy, like, the... Like the Narragansett ones, there's there was one that I used to really love that was out of Chicago, I believe. Mm-hmm. Budweiser ended up buying it. Oh, Goose Island. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, Goose Island. I see that all. Goose I don't think I- I've ever had one because it just like doesn't hit my brain right. Like Goose Island sounds strange to me. I loved it, and I was like, oh, I feel so cool. I found this this hip little brand, and yeah, they're like, yeah. you know, Budweiser owns it, right? I was like, yeah. God. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I just recently to the other sloppy boys, I was like, you know, I've been, I'm drinking like uh, more IPAs when I go out. And they were like, oh, really? The the trend that's like came and went in like the early 2000s? So I can't drink beer that much anymore mm-hmm. because I've, I've self-diagnosed myself mm. with an allergy to hops. Oh. And the reason I feel I have that is because I used to fucking love IPAs yeah. and they're super hoppy. And so when I would drink them... I started to get hives and all this like crazy like splotchiness. Oh yeah. So now when I drink beer, I can basically only drink either gozes or I can drink I don't know light like Mexican beers or Japanese beers, gotcha. things that are like super low on the hops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all I can do. Yeah, it's a it's a bummer because I used to nerd out so much <laughs> on like, oh this Abbey in Luxembourg. <laughs> but you can only drink it there. The the flight here it will ruin it. Oh yes, it would ruin the barley. And the- <laughs> I get that blotchy thing. But I don't have enough. Water water and i have like a drink with like hard like usually vodka for some reason and i'll yeah i can start to feel it my face starts to heat up you can kind of like feel your pulse a little bit 
Uh, yes. And then somebody, like, whoever I'm with is like, are you okay? I was like, yep, yeah, I'm fine. It's just, I know I'm blotchy. It's weird looking. I understand. <laughs> just give me some waters. By the way, is gin just vodka flavored with herbs? Ooh, that's a good question. It can't be. It can't be. It just can't be that easy. I feel like someone told me that and I ran with it and I've told a lot of people that and I just want to make sure that I'm not completely talking out of my ass. Like I said, I have a cocktail podcast, but that does not mean I know anything about liquor or <laughs> You just want an excuse to drink. <laughs> Basically, like every time we make a drink, we, we send a picture out on our Instagram of like us holding up our own drinks. Mine always kind of looks a little different than the other guys. <laughs> like it's like a different yeah. color. It's not as much or it's like way too much. And I get a lot of yeah. shit from that from uh, our fans about that. I've never been a good mixologist, but I did like go through a phase of mixing vodka with fresh juices and it was very delicious. Mm. Like cold pressed juices. I remember I had a drink once. This was probably one of the most memorable cocktails I've ever had. It was at Blue Hill Farms, which is a very fancy pants restaurant mm-hmm. in upstate new york oh yeah, yeah it was vodka with carrot juice and hay hey it was crazy <laughs> and it was so good oh it was good okay it was awesome i loved it i love when when something like that comes up and you're like what the hey what are you talking about and you try it it's good and you're like well i, w- I should have just trusted this uh huge awesome like very well-known restaurant they kind of know what they're doing Laughing Cow Cheese is pretty good cheese, but what's way more impressive is how it got its name. Its roots are in the trenches of World War I. Laughing Cow was the first French processed cheese. Back then, it was called La Vache Quirie, which is French for Laughing Cow. Two French soldiers came up with the idea. One, Leon Bell, made the cheese. The other, Benjamin Rabier, came up with the logo, and it was initially a way to make fun of the Germans. You see, the German convoys were decorated with Valkyries, female figures of Norse mythology who decided the fate of those who would live or die in battle. Well, Rabier, the French cartoonist, made fun of these by painting a picture of a laughing cow accompanied with the word wackery, a way of making fun of the Germans. Wackery eventually became Vashkirie, and the laughing cow brand was born. So cool. Okay, I'm going to get to the questions that I ask everyone towards the middle of the podcast. We can swap some of these out for cocktail if you'd like. First question is, what is your earliest food memory? Or it could be, what is your earliest drink memory? I feel like everyone remembers the first drink they got sick on. Yeah, <laughs> first, yeah the first drink I had, I think I was a freshman in high school. I had a old, very old and very warm uh, Coors Banquet. Mm. A couple of those in like the kind of faded yellow cans. And it was my friend and I in my basement and just like it was so bad. Like we got so sick. But it was also just bad beer. Yes. <laughs> so your system for the first time is like, what is this? And it, whatever it is, it's gone rotten. So we're gonna have to throw up. Fun Coors Banquet story. You know, they use Coors Banquets in Cobra Kai. It figures pretty prominently Johnny Lawrence like is a big Coors Banquet drinker. Mm-hmm. And uh, the creators of the show never talked to the Coors people about it. They just put it in the show. And the Coors people were like, cease and desist. You cannot use <laughs> oh, our product. Shit. Until they realized that their sales went fucking through the roof because yeah, it was mentioned right. in Cobra Kai. 
And then they were like, just kidding. This is cool. We're going to send you pallets and pallets of Coors Banquet. So now there's Coors Banquet all over the set whenever you go there because <laughs> they realized that, that they just fucking got – they fell in shit. They just got so yeah. lucky. <laughs> that's that's so funny. Like, uh, forget that cease and desist. Yeah. My earliest food memory, I mm. kind of remember my mom would make ravioli and I for some reason hated it and was like, I can't eat this. I'm not eating this. And she would cut it up into like smaller pieces. I was like, No. No, now there's more of them. No. What kind of kid hates ravioli? Was she making it with mackerel? Was it like mackerel? (laughs) (laughs) It was like stuffed with cheese, not meat. Yeah, it's delicious. Sure, now I could eat it. Wow. Without screaming. I'll eat at a restaurant and only partially scream. Okay, death row meal. So uh, you are Mm. on death row. Maybe let's figure out a good reason for you to be on death row. You finish your, what is the the blackout drunk drink? (laughs) Oh, the Borg. (laughs) You finish the Borg. You shouldn't have done it. You wake up with the worst hangover ever you find the kid on tiktok who said that you're not gonna have a hangover and you just fucking drown him you waterboard him in borg (laughs) wow and now i'm on death row now you're on death row okay the death row thing is funny because it's i would probably do like ice cream Mm. not like a full meal i don't think i would want to do something that's just like super decadent and like way too much and like eat too much ice cream and then just be so done (laughs) with everything oh my god i feel like they'd have pity on you they'd be like this is the cutest thing he just wants a tub of ice cream (laughs) let him go (laughs) he should have done that to the bored guy (laughs) what about drink wise i do a martini i like those the best what kind of spirit do you prefer my order is a dirty gin martini uh, vermouth rinse which means just put vermouth in the glass rinse it and dump it out oh interesting you know you go to most places they'll understand that give that order sometimes to places that aren't as like uh, maybe like what you're saying at the uh, applebee's Applebee's. It'd be like, okay, sure. And I'll just get like a fully vermouth. <laughs> what is that drink? I think it might be called a 50-50. That's like 50% vermouth and 50% gin. Yeah. yeah. I mean, those aren't bad. It's It really comes down to like, if the vermouth is good and the gin is good. It's a good like sipping drink. If you don't like the vermouth taste that much, you're just not like chugging it. Yeah. But you shouldn't be chugging martinis anyway, I don't think. No, you should not. It's very dangerous if you do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is the best high-end meal that you've ever had? I wish I could remember the name. It was the Something Ranch up in um, Big Sur. What the fuck's it called? Oh, I've never been there, but I know what you're talking about. It's a hotel, but the hotel rooms are like super nice, or they're just like their own little like pods all over the land. Was it Post Ranch? Post Ranch. Post Ranch Inn. The the restaurant goes right up to this cliff, and at night you can kind of go out on the deck. And at the at night it was just like so foggy, and you look out and you're like, wow, I have no idea how high up we are. But wow. you just see this mist going way out. It was very, like, magical looking. And I think we did, like, a tasting meal, so whatever was coming out. It was so good. It's that type of fancy meal. You're like, well, I, I don't even know if this is good or bad, but I know it's amazing. Right, right. I'm <laughs> it's just, like, so well done and so coolly prepared and brought out in these, like little stone plates and like if you have a little mousse bouche it's like served in this very long like stone cocktail thing it was very good it looks very beautiful the thing is i then they also gave us some mushrooms that were like gathered on the the land made me so sick (gasps) oh wow so your best high-end meal you've ever had was also you you got poisoned In a way. That's <laughs> fucked up, man. You could die from a bad mushroom. It wasn't a terrible, like, I wasn't, like, puking shitting all night, but it was just like a, uh, something is really bad here, and I yeah. can barely, like, stay up. Hey, Post Ranch Inn, if you're listening, we need a meal credit. <laughs> I, I hate bad-mouthing uh, anything. I don't think that's bad-mouthing. No, but do you ever feel like that you've got a podcast, and it's like, if you say something bad about a TV show, you're like, well, fuck, people worked on that, and it was... <laughs> no, I'm not as nice a person as you. I will put people on blast. I hated the show Blossom. Blossom sucked. No! <laughs> what if- 
What if she starts listening? Funny enough, I did just meet Mayim Bialik, so Mayim, if oh, you're shit. listening, I'm just kidding. And I was kidding about the Post Ranch. I, I love that place, and <laughs> send us some meal credits. And Keep poisoning your guests, Post Ranch, and I think that's their, their <laughs> bumper sticker. They're doing fine. <laughs> what is the best low-end meal you've ever had? A garbage plate. From where? There's Mark's Texas Hots. The first one was Nick Tahoe's. That's such a good name. I know, Nick, Nick Tahoe's. It's a, it was so, such like a dingy place. So great. But then they started popping up all over the city and suburbs and stuff. The garbage plate was obviously original. Then they'd have the trash plate, the rubbish plate. The poubelle plate. The like uh, wastebasket plate. Like anything just kind of around. There was a, a garbage plate place here in Brooklyn that started. And I think it's closed already. It was a little I, I think it was just like riding the line of like kind of fancy version of garbage plate and i think people were just like we don't want to eat garbage plates <laughs> it's just it's a tough name to get past oh yeah here it is the the glorious garbage plates of rochester have landed in clinton hill <laughs> i think but unfortunately i think it's already gone yeah sorry it's tough, to get, tough to get people on board who aren't from western new york honey where should we go should we go to sushi or italian no let's have a garbage plate <laughs> is it good yes yeah, so they say it's good but it's called the garbage plate. what is your favorite drunk food taco bell i don't get crazy with, I, I go out with people at taco bell and they go crazy with or i do like a bunch of hard tacos that's it you keep it simple keep it simple load it with that hot sauce and feel bad in the morning <laughs> yeah i'm nuts if i'm at a taco bell i've drank way too much and i always want to try whatever dumb new experiments the taco bell people mm-hmm. are doing it'll be like uh oh we made a, a taco shell out of s'mores and it's like all right i don't know give me it they have to it has to be good if they put it on their menu the i always forget the name of it but it's whatever is the hard shell with a soft shell on the outside of it that's my baby right there that is Ooh, a that's good textural uh, symphony for the senses. I, I don't dislike other stuff from Taco Bell, but I think when I'm there for a drunk food, it's just like, uh, bunch of tacos. I can't, I can't think of anything else. And I can't read that board right now, so do the tacos. But I'm not driving. That's that's the important thing. I'm not that, driving. Through. Yes. That is what separates you and I. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. You ever, you ever been in an Uber or Lyft and they go through like with you? Oh, yeah. I always buy them dinner. Yeah. Yeah, you got it. And a cup of water for my friend here in the front. <laughs> Yes. What is your hangover cure? You know, we just did an episode about this. It is Alka-Seltzer. It, it, I, I got it once at a, a friend's wedding they had in the hotel. They had like a little welcome basket. Mm. And one, one of the items was Alka-Seltzer. I was like, oh, interesting. And I tried it the next morning. I was like, zoop. Right back. You know, uh, we had um, a guest, his name was Martin Reese on the podcast, and he is a Uh water sommelier. And he was saying, like, the best hangover cure is this. He's just obsessed with different waters. And he's like, there's this water called Vichy Catalan, which Mm -hmm. uh, is is only, you can only get it in Spain. And it has a super high TDS, which is total dissolved solids, which is like the minerals in it, which, you know, basically Gatorade has, I think, 300 TDS. And this has like 2,000 TDS. So it's like Gatorade on crack. And it's just a natural spring water. And um, I got some. It's very hard to find, but I got some. And you taste it, and it tastes like water and Alka-Seltzer. Like, it tastes like Alka-Seltzer. And it's just, it comes out of the ground. Or these Spanish people are just taking water and putting Alka-Seltzer in and bottling it up. So let me ask you about the sommelier guy. Where does he work? So he initially was water sommeliering at some at a restaurant in LA that was like at the Disney Hall or something. And then the restaurant, sh- but, and it's funny because I looked at the list and they had these crazy waters that like there was, they had one bottle from Buckingham Palace, but now he just does like water tasting classes. What in the world? You should listen to the episode that we did because we did a bunch of water tastings. I mean, I loved to like just poo poo on it in the beginning. And by the end, I was like, 
this man. I, I want to follow him to war. <laughs> I love talking to people who like want to talk about their jobs and stuff. Like it's so interesting to me to see how stuff works. His main crusade I can totally get behind, which was he's very against what he calls bottled filtered tap water. So like the Aquafinas and the Essencia uh-huh. and all those places are just taking tap water, filtering it, putting it in a bottle and charging the same price as like a spring water. So his whole thing is like you want a spring water, comes from nature, it gets the minerals yeah, from yeah. nature. So if you're going to spend that amount of money on a bottle, get the right bottle, basically. I did have an Evian recently, and I was like, wow, this is actually, I can tell the difference between the water I had before, it, which was just like Arrowhead and then Evian. It's a thing. He brought all these waters from different parts of the world. Like this, there was one from a geyser in Peru, and it tasted super weird. And they also have like very different mouthfeels. Like some of them are thick waters and uh, some are thin yeah, waters. Yeah. Right away, I called like some of my friends who were like uh, recovering alcoholics. And I'm like, mm-hmm. dude, you got to nerd out on water. It's going to like, <laughs> it gives you that same joy of like, oh, different terroirs from wines. And I told Martin and he said, yeah, there's a lot of alcoholics who reach out to me. And they're like, thank you. Now I have something to focus my <laughs> obsession on. <laughs> Isn't it crazy when you, you take a few days off and you're like, hey, I feel like I'm, I'm up bright and early in the morning. I feel good. It's like, what's, what is that thing? Oh, right. Yes, that poison. That uh, I yes, I've less. stopped poisoning myself. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, I'm going to do that again anyway. Who's your favorite celebrity food personality? I don't know these guys as well. I'd say Bourdain just because he's the only person. I read his, I read the Kitchen Confidential in the last couple of years. But uh, I don't know the guys as well as, as I think <laughs> most of society does. <laughs> it could also be like a chef who you love whose restaurant you go to a lot. Who runs Arby's? Who puts the menu? you together at Arby's. He's my favorite celebrity chef. <laughs> we will find that out for you. I want to meet him or her. I'm assuming the Arby's is like a truck driver of a man. I'm not, <laughs> I don't think. I assume it's a, it's a computer that's just getting the right levels of chemicals together that won't kill you. By the way, this podcast is sponsored by Arby's. Arby's, we love Oof. you. I love Arby's, man. Get me an Arby's hat, t-shirt, everything. What is uh, your desert island food? So you're trapped on a desert island. One food for the rest of your life. You're never going to get tired of it. A steak, rice, like white rice, and an artichoke. Oh, (laughs) the artichoke. I love steamed artichokes and like the hollandaise sauce to dip. I every once in a while, I'll get one and be like, oh, I love (laughs) this is a special night for me. It is fun. I mean, it takes a lot of work, but it's a labor of love. And that's why I kind of I like you're peeling all the layers back at the end. You've got to get like the tiny one, tiny little leaves and stuff out so you can eat the heart of it. Yeah, I mean, but then you also have like all those little spiky things that come up at the end. You gotta like scrape those out. and It is kind of an adventure getting to an artichoke. It's, yeah. it's like a mission. <laughs> yeah, right. You've earned it. <laughs> like you can get <laughs> impaled by this thing. <laughs> like the tops <laughs> of the leaves are sharp. You know, it's one of my favorite foods too that I think would, would be a good desert island thing. I don't have them much because they're kind of hard to come by and come by well. But is uh, grilled uh, oysters. Those I had those at a wedding a couple of years ago. I was like, God, where have these been in my whole life? These are so good. <laughs> grilled oysters are very fun and super easy to make. My friend had a bag of oysters and we started fucking around with them. And we were just like throwing whatever in the in the top. We were putting like uh, Sichuan chili crisps on top mm. and throwing it on the grill. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. mayonnaise, like whatever. And <laughs> anything came out great. It was awesome. It's great. So good. What is there a food that you can't stand eating? Growing up, it was baked beans. Like if baked beans were around, it really? was like Mike, Mike is gagging. Yeah. Especially the baked beans that are like kind of got the, in like the thick, whatever it comes in. I don't know. It kind of like they get hard. It, I just remember them at like picnics and stuff and just looking at it and being like, oh, I cannot even fathom putting that on my plate wow baked beans were the thing for me i love a baked bean i i just kind of like my brain has always been like yeah we're not gonna have the baked beans so don't order them but 
it's never i just haven't had one them in like forever i associate them with like camp like i remember we mm-hmm. would like actually cook like the tin can over a fire like open it put it Ooh. over a fire and it That's was cool. like i don't know there was something really nostalgic and sweet about it <laughs> but the thing i can't imagine myself eating is when is is raw um cauliflower oh interesting that is like i like a you know crudite i'll eat everything else on it but the, when it comes to the cauliflower it's like it's just dried out and the mouth feel i don't like i don't like that brainy mouth feel yeah but i don't mind the uh broccoli because those are straight. kissing cousins right there that's what's so vexing about it <laughs> what is or are your restaurant pet peeves what i don't like is when you get order a burger at like a fancier restaurant let's say and it comes out and it's like stacked like a foot high and it's got like a knife going through you know it's like too big to handle mm. I, you've got to squish it way down or cut it up or pull things out so it does fit down yeah it's just too much to it's like oh we just pile it up you figure it out i'm with you the inedible burger is an abomination it's because you just got it's a mess too there's a restaurant here and i'm and i put places on blast baby Oof. but i actually love this restaurant but it's this one thing that they do it's at it's at trois mecs it's a French mm-hmm. restaurant here. Oh, no, Petit Trois. That's what it's called. He does something called Le Big Mac. And it's basically fancified Big Mac on a plate. Yeah. And then he just douses the whole thing in gravy. So you can't touch it. So you can't touch it. If you tried to eat that, you'd be the most disgusting human being. It's the attitude that's just like, you figure it out. Fuck you. Just give me the meat. Give me the gravy. Give me the bread on the side. You know what would be a great name for that? A garbage plate. It's an actual garbage plate. <laughs> This is the same fan. Now, those are kissing cousins. <laughs> <laughs> We've come full circle. Mike, thank you so much for being on the pod. Oh, thanks for having me. Of course. Tell the people where they can find you. You can find me on the socials uh, at Mike Hanford on Instagram and Twitter. And I'm on TikTok. And I forget what that one is. Hanny boy? I've, I don't know. TikTok is, <laughs> TikTok is happening, man. It's fast. <laughs> uh, and then the Sloppy Boys, we do a, a podcast every week. You can find that at the Sloppy Boys or anywhere you get uh, uh, podcasts. I love it. All right, man. I will have a wisp of vermouth on my martini tonight. Ah, yes. In your honor. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.